Hello, and welcome back to the fifth stage of grief. Legends of Philadelphia. Good <laughs> <laughs> one. your hosts, Tony Tombstone Trove. Yep. And Johnny Gravedigger Zito. <laughs> I'm Brian the Embalmer Beerman helping mm. out on engineering duties. I can't be the Undertaker. <laughs> or am I going to be an Embalmer? Gravedigger is even a, is a monster truck. Yeah, the coolest one. Yeah. I just, I was, I'm, I'm like, I, I inject I'm dead I'm bodies with shit. I was looking for alliteration again. And Balmer Beerman. You might be wondering, <laughs> do these guys put the fume in funerals? Oh, I screwed that joke up, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to being born and raised in Philadelphia, Trove and Zito have a lifestyle brand. Seth Fellini. That focuses on Philly culture and in jokes and comfort and podcasts and the finite nature of life. <laughs> wow. We all die. Lots of, lots of times customers will ask, Why go to hell if I eat too many long hots? <laughs> or they want to be buried in a South Fellini tea. You make them pay for it if someone's like listening. We have a special funeral discount. Let us know. Ask my, at the counter. My time is my time is coming. So we decided to start this podcast as an easy, easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for the old heads. The city fascinates and excites us, so we're hoping to share that with you. Yeah, this is dark. Spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah spooky's like ghosts. This is this is like uh Are we doing any grizzly murders this year? Uh, no, we're only doing light things like funeral homes oh, okay. and, uh, and evil Sicilian magic. So <laughs> keeping it light. Funeral homes aren't, aren't spooky. <laughs> it's a home. It's not a house. It's a home. When you're here, you're family. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to say that. <laughs> we appreciate that you did, though. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, all over the city, you'll find dozens of funeral homes buried in every neighborhood. Further south, the collection of mortuaries grows even more dense. It's not something you might have noticed if you grew up here. However, I've often been asked by New Philadelphians, why are there so many undertakers on Broad Street? So join us as we investigate the eternal mysteries in South Philly's dead zone. Do, 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 do. Gives the old lady something to do. <laughs> Go to funerals. <laughs> when they're not frying cutlets and water in the sidewalk. <laughs> Go in the wakes. <laughs> what came first? The old ladies who go to everyone's wakes? What came first? Or the funeral homes? Do the ladies mm-hmm. move to that neighborhood? Like, I need... The- I need so- <laughs> Well, we're going to... All these old ladies dying to go to wakes. We're going to explore all that here today uh, on this Halloween-y episode about funeral homes. Halloween-y. Halloween-y. Yeah. Schlocktober. I, funerals. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so, funerals. <laughs> you guys ever been? You got any fun stories? I, w- I, was a, uh, I was an altar boy when I was a little kid, and I, we used to serve funerals, masses, oh, and... That was my first job because the funeral directors would tip you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sorry you saw this family cry. Here's $5. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty intense actually as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, for a moment I was a kid, I thought I'd want to be a funeral director because I thought like they make a lot of money and they don't, then school, there's like, very little schooling. You just got to like, 
<laughs> and <laughs> and then I and then I then I realized I, I don't think it's for me. <laughs> you're not you're not cut I'm out for it. Huh? For, for the kid, I thought I wanted to do that because I thought it was like an easy way out. <laughs> People always die. The, 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 uh, the market will never go down. It's like it's like if like your first job became like you're like you know you always did that you know yeah like the the death business it's booming the middle it's booming the, the yeah it's it's coming off a big uh, period the past couple of years they're, they're they're those guys are uh, their stock is up the stock is up they're rolling in it. Uh, how about it, Beerman? What is your experience with the, the, the funeral industrial complex? <laughs> I live next door to a funeral home. so uh... <laughs> Just like David Lynch. There's a funeral home on the corner. So I guess technically I live next to the garage where they keep the hearses. But, uh... <laughs> well, it's better than a cemetery, right? Do they have any of those like 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 do they have any of those uh, cool hearses like the rockabilly no. ones or like the <laughs> Ghostbuster car, <laughs> the Ecto one? <laughs> they must rent it out because I think it's people just parking in there also. Oh, uh, okay. Every, just anyone can park their hearse in there now. Parking, very very big deal, very big deal. Uh, I was also an altar boy, did a lot of funerals, um, got a lot of dead family, so I've been to a bunch of them too. I, uh, I guess I, I like Trove from being an altar boy, I have a positive association with the Catholic funerals because I got paid to work at them, so it's, uh, they never seemed like such a sad event when you could, when you could, you know, leave with a little bit of money in your pocket, and, uh, I guess I never really thought about it until I was in high school and, and beyond that point about like how um, the ceremony is like meant to be comforting yet distracting. You know, you're thinking about other things while uh, while everyone's mourning and crying. Uh, you're you're thinking about heaven and you're you're thinking about how beautiful the casket is or or what it says on the tombstone. There there it's all just um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And I just took it all for granted as a kid. Some say the the when like. <laughs> when the funerals were like a ton of people were really sad, but it was always actually sadder when no one was there. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, man, you put your finger on it. Um, I, I, I always, uh, Trevor and I talked about this recently, that being an altar boy at a funeral, you, uh, you know, sometimes you, you serve two guys and sometimes it's three guys. And uh, the funeral director will tip you afterwards, like we've mentioned. And uh, if you like, gave you a 20 for all three guys, that was the rest of your afternoon figuring out how to try and split that. That was like a, a, a difficult problem. Split a 20? Yeah. Three ways, it's, t- it's tough. Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, that, guess what? That was, uh, that was the people at Kosh's problem. <laughs> three pizzazz. Can you split that? <laughs> yeah, just split the change. Split the change. Um, so yeah, I took a lot of this stuff for granted and I never even really noticed that there were so many funeral homes in South Philadelphia, uh, or on South Broad Street specifically. And, uh, I walk my dog by that area a lot and, uh, they're all beautiful edifices, uh, a lot of marble and, uh, uh, and black glass and, and gold railings and fancy, fancy, very fancy. 
Most of the information in this episode comes from a 2009 South Philly Review article that I found buried in the archives. Although it did not list an author, it just said submitted content. Subcontent, I know them. <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts. <laughs> I'm not sure, right? I don't know who this could be. It's a pseudonym. I didn't say it wasn't. His, uh, uh, what's the French way to say that? It's even more French than pseudonym. <laughs> Jean Luc Baguette. Alan Smithy. <laughs> Jean Luc Baguette. <laughs> Trademark TM Southellini. <laughs> According to the National Funeral Directors <laughs> Association, there are 20,915 funeral homes in the United States, more than 30 of them just in South Philly, including at least a dozen on South Broad. Uh, Stalfo Funeral Home, Terranova Funeral Home, Cardo Funeral Home, Baldi Funeral Home, and Grasso Funeral Home are just a small sampling of the lively scene. Are those your favorites? Those are just the ones that are like in on South Broad. Those are my, those are my those are my top ten uh, of funeral homes. My top ten. <laughs> <laughs> these guys, well, these guys are definitely all in the top twenty. Uh, two of them are in the top ten. Whoa. Yeah. I said it. I know. I'm like, how many, how many, how many funerals or wakes have I been to at the? Uh, to hit them all, it's like Pokemon. <laughs> or Foursquare. You're like the mayor of Stalfo Funeral. Foursquare. Yeah, I, I checked checking in again at Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> Fire emoji. Fire emoji. <laughs> Nom de plume. <laughs> I like mine better. That's what it is. Jean-Luc Baguette. I like that better. I'm sorry. Despite there being a funeral home on practically every corner, none of the owners or funeral directors uh, in the city, nor the National Funeral Directors Association, nor the Pennsylvania chapter are exactly sure why there are so many in South Philly. So it's a bit of a mystery. So the answer is no one knows. Well, there's a lot of reasonable explanations, and we're going to cover those today. But there is no, there is no definitive. No one wrote a book. No one wrote a podcast on this. No, just a review article. <laughs> and, and, and they didn't sign their name to it. And it's actually, they're they got a list. Their their sons graduating from St. John Newman, <laughs> and they got to kill everybody. Where did, why is everybody? Why are there so many funeral homes? So Janice Mannell, secretary of the Pennsylvania Funeral Directors Association, uh, past chairwoman of the Pennsylvania State Board of Funeral Directors, and a member of the Philadelphia Funeral Directors Association, she is also the owner of Mannell Funeral Home in the Frankfurt section, and she says, quote, it could have something to do with the population density down there. They're all family businesses. There are no startups, end quote. No corporate funeral homes in South Philly. It's all mom and pop. No, no big box funeral homes down here. Amazon <laughs> funerals. They're going to get into it. Your casket's got a little smiley face on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Billie Eilish ad. <laughs> on the tape right down the set. On the tape. People are at your funeral and there's like, oh, there's a Lord of the Rings show. I want to see that. <laughs> I, wanna, I heard it got bad reviews. I know Uncle Uncle Barry was, uh, you know, he had a long, painful death, but I'm I'm looking forward to that. 
But you come to South Philly for the personal touch. Second and third generation proprietors are quite common in South Philly. Most of them began as storefronts because in the early days, directors made house calls. Peter Giacovini, supervisor of and funeral director of the Pennsylvania Burial Company, 1327 South Broad Street, is a fourth generation funeral director and believes that his funeral parlor could be the oldest in South Philly, having opened in wow. 1921. That year, Giacovini's great-grandfather, Pietro, founded the Italian Burial Casket Company in a storefront on Hall Street, off of 9th Street in the Italian market. What a crazy thing to be a family business. Guy saw an opening, he saw an opportunity, and he down. took it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, years ago, I was, when, I, when I was a production assistant, I worked on a movie, or like a short film, that shot in their funeral home. They let us shoot in there, and... Um, I don't know if I should tell this on the podcast, but um, like we were like like where they like dis- like they do the embalmment and all that, and I got on the embalming table and it made everybody really upset. So, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was like too much, you know. Like don't, don't do- oh, oh my bad. <laughs> too much, overdoing it. Look at me, everybody. I'm dead. Was that what you did? You jumped up there and you were like, I'm a corpse. Or or did you just jump up there and sit? I was like, he stuck his song out. You don't don't get in the uh, the biz to to actually work. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys guys touch any dead bodies while you were down there? No, but um, they definitely moved them around for us to like shoot in different rooms. Because they didn't want you. They Um, didn't trust you guys not to touch them. They didn't trust. They didn't trust me, <laughs> and right, that's rightfully so. We can at we can at Tony's, and it's <laughs> like a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> we should do a uh, a prequel to Weekend at Bernie's, where it's like Bernie's like life, <laughs> life of Bernie, <laughs> life of Bernie. All right, we'll that's what it. people want to see. If you liked him while he was dead, you'll love him while he was alive. <laughs> Vincent Gangemi Sr. established Gangemi Funeral Home in 1937 out of a storefront on 9th and Mountain Streets, where he essentially had a desk and a phone. When a call came in, Gangemi would transport his equipment to the home of the deceased to embalm and prepare the body there. The process utilized hand pumps to flush bodily fluids down a bathroom sink or tub. Have has kit will travel. <laughs> that's, that's. Oh. Uh, the idea oh. of and that's a family business too. Oh right. man! And then you have to call a plumber because like all of the all of the the stuff that you've jammed uh, up the, yeah, the pipes yeah. with. Did you put arteries down here? No. You can't flush an artery. <laughs> this is why everyone's p- pipes are clogged if you have like an old South Philly house. <laughs> filled with bones. Filled with bo- no, <laughs> <filled> people. <laughs> I'm flushing, but these bones won't go down. Jam another bone to push the other bones down. This is like when my cousin Dennis put the, the chicken bones on the garbage disposal. Not supposed to do that. 
Like some say you're supposed to, some say you're allowed to do that, and he argues that you can, but some say you can't. Like John, you can't. Well, technically, it can do that. It can cut through bone. You just shouldn't. Maybe once or twice, but then like you got to get a new thing. Well, you you take it up with Dennis, all right? (laughs) Corn isn't great for it either. Just saying. He doesn't stop Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's a serial killer. He's. He just puts everything down there. He puts fingers, toes, whatever he can get. A horse. So uh, this is what it was like having a a funeral, a wake, a viewing in your home. Uh, It was very difficult. Not to mention moving a casket into a row home could be tricky too. It's hard enough trying to get a couch through those doors. Since most viewings took place in the deceased's living room, it was common for families to remove doors or windows so the coffin could be displayed in the parlor. So being a funeral director back then, you also had to be a bit of a handyman and adept at removing doors and windows. Uh, and yeah, you, you got to know how to pivot a casket part of the kit. Uh, part up of a the South kit. Philly uh, stoop if you want to be an undertaker. Right, like how there's only certain washing machines that fit down the steps. <laughs> That fit in certain basements. You know what I mean? There's like only one model that fits in like every right. house. <laughs> there was it's only like one casket. There's like, well, yeah. You go to you go to yeah. Gan Jemmy's and he's like, well, first let me ask you, how big is your door? Right, do you have 22 inches or? Yeah, well, which street do you live <laughs> you got on? Got a little street or a big street? Uh, I live on Lambert Street. Oh, sorry, this wake is going to be a block party. We can't. We're, it's gonna be a we're block. just bringing it on the street. Um, and that's how the mummer started. it wasn't until the massive casualties of the civil war that funeral homes came into popularity there were so many deaths at once many far away from their homes that the tradition of holding funerals in family parlors became unfeasible i remember reading something years ago i wish i i maybe you can maybe you know this or a reader or a listener can follow up on this Abraham Lincoln was embalmed, and uh, I know obviously people were embalmed before that, but I know it, like it spiked an interest in in people embalming people, people, and like it became sort of like a part of like a that was like the new tradition. thing. Yeah, well, it wasn't new, but like it made people like it was interested the hot in it because thing. It was like his um, body, trendy. Yeah, it was, his body traveled. Yeah, it from was like, like it was like a uh, goop back then. Well, his body was on tour. Like they they <laughs> put him like when he got. I'm just, when Lincoln died, they they put his body on a train and they they took it from different cities. And it's even in Philadelphia, um, and they had to keep it like preserved. So they they embalmed Lincoln, and it kind of got people. It spiked an interest in this. And I wouldn't be surprised if Lincoln was embalmed in Philadelphia, you know, because I think it, it, the tour might have even started in Philly. It did start in Philly. In yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right about so that. They was held on Federal. They had his body on Federal Street. Yeah, on, uh, and the, he came into the train station that used to be at a. Uh, broad in Washington. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on that. Um, that there's actually a lot of uh, interesting history surrounding Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's body in Philadelphia. I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll be next week. We got we got to keep maybe this Halloween next... train running. <laughs> that's spooky. <laughs> Lincoln, spookiest president. I don't know. He's pretty spooky. It's gaunt. It's the cheekbones. He looks. He looks very gaunt. Funeral. LBJ spooky too. <laughs> in a different way. But in a different in way. A totally different way. 
like like difference between like a serial killer and like a car crash, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those both are both scary. two different kinds of of scary. Both scary, you both have to admit they're scary. Funeral homes could embalm and preserve a dead body until it could be returned to the family. When funeral homes began popping up after the war, they fashioned themselves after family living rooms, where these viewings had been traditionally held. Hence the name funeral home and funeral parlor. Oh, that's why they have that vibe, huh? Yeah. And that's why they're also kind of all like a little, I mean, from from my experience, they're all kind of a little Victorian. They're all like a little bit like turn of the century that... that well. That, that those old you couches. and I are talking specifically. We're talking about like the the ones that are on South Broad Street. Yeah. Like those those like buildings are enormous. Yeah. Like those three story, four story buildings on South Broad Street are just so big. Yeah, we're gonna get into and it's that. So funny that yeah, they're they, and they are uh, funeral homes, but they and their and their aesthetic is um, a South Philly living room. Yeah. So they cover the plastic on the, on the couches. Yeah. Got the red carpets. Yeah. 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 Has that it almost feels like you're tacky. smell sometimes. It feels Very like tacky. it feels like you're in your grandmom's home. It feels like you're saying goodbye to your grandmom it in does, her living room. It does feel that as way. As was the tradition at the time. Whoa. <laughs> I, think, I think we touched on something here. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty interesting, right? Yeah. South Philly core, you know, it's like <laughs> that is <aesthetic. laughs> Yeah, this goes right to the heart of who we are as a people in South Philly. So the shift to funeral parlors was total after World War II. It just, you didn't put dead bodies in your living room anymore. And in 1943, the Italian Burial Casket Company changed its name to the Pennsylvania Burial Casket Company and relocated to its current Broad Street location. Two years later, Ganjemi moved to its present location at, at Broad Wolf. They realized they would get more clients if they didn't just say they were for Italian people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely lost some clients after that. They lost some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so these guys were just doing stuff at home, and then people were like, well, are you one of those funeral directors who... The, the, who I, you know, I don't... Were, they were doing it as a hobby, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to? Do you want to?" Yeah. Then it broke big. You want to be a pro at this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I see how it happened. People are living in apartments. Not everybody has a family. It's not as traditional as it was before. Not nobody. You, you, nobody deserves a pauper's funeral. So like the idea that your family wouldn't just let you waste away if you didn't have kids. Like somebody would still take care of you or make that happen. And I just I, I feel like it's a modernizing of our uh, of our mourning process, you know, and uh, the acceptance of. Uh, maybe non-traditional systems. And the funeral parlor, the funeral home, kind of provides that access point for everyone to grieve in their own way. Yeah, I like to make a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw yourself on the casket? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I want to make it about me. I like making it about me. He didn't even know the deceased. I hate all the attention this dead yeah, body's getting. I, get, I wear the veil. I wear a veil. I like... <laughs> Signed the guest book, huge. <laughs> Takes up two lines. Anthony. Yeah, right. Every two, two lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so 
so fun. I, I take I take more funeral cards than I'm supposed to. <laughs> all the prayer cards. <laughs> what are you doing with all of them? Why do you got so many? I keep them. I need. I'm gonna use these ones, but I want to save the. That's just like comic books. <laughs> I lose shit all the time. Saint Anthony is on all of these cards. I'm not. I'm fine in everything, thanks to these. Uh, how am I gonna know what the Lord's <laughs> Prayer is? You gonna memorize that? So why are there so many funeral homes in South Philly? Um, my grandmom, my mom's mom, told me when I was a kid that it was the GI Bill that created the 1940s surge in funeral homes. Uh, similar to what Trove was talking about earlier, apparently if you made it home, the military would pay for your education in certain fields and under undertakers stood to earn the most money with the shortest amount of training time. That's what I'm talking about. So you can get in Sign and me out. Up. I need money in now. I need, my, I need cash now. I mean, and it's World War II, so people are dying all over the place. There's, You could get a government contract, possibly. It. Yeah, it's like... Um, it's Getting a, back in the regular world, they were like, there's like, all I got to do is just chill with everybody. Like it was, it was probably the work that no one wanted to do, and you got back from World War II, it probably seemed like nothing. I mean, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you all know these fucked up shit I've seen, this is not Yeah, you know what I mean? All these bodies have their faces. This is barely a dead body. Might as well, might as well still be yeah. uh, alive. That's fucking horrifying. That's spooky. It is spooky. <laughs> so I looked it up, and the GI Bill still pays for soldiers and reservists uh, to apprentice with mortuary programs around the country. Qualified candidates may apply for the GI Bill while on active duty or after leaving the military. Uh, this undertaker training program may include classroom education in addition to hands-on experience. The program can help veterans transition into a civilian job by creating a mentoring environment. So, you know, it's just a simple transition from war to undertaking back to regular. You won't even notice. You won't <laughs> what a simple transition. You're something like comforting the families, too. There's, like, so much to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole experience. Maybe not back then. I can't speak to, you know, how sensitive funeral directors were in the 1940s. Listen, uh, we got dead bodies coming in here every day. So do you do that? This is the price. There's no haggling here. If, if, if you don't like it, cool. wheel grandpa down the street because there's 10 more. Yeah, he definitely, and he definitely said bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom. It was like mm -hmm. the Crass Brothers. That's how they started. The Crass Brothers of funeral homes. What's it going to take to put you in one of these bad boys today? Slaps the side of the <laughs> casket. Grandma's going right to heaven. Oh! oh. <laughs> Another reason South Broad Street is home to so many funeral parlors is because the row home interiors are deeper than in other parts of the city and funeral parlors require a lot of space. Again, this is something Trove had mentioned earlier. These places are huge. They're massive. You know, they're like they're, they're, they're so the brownstones deep. of South Philly. They're the they're just enormous row homes or whatever they are. You know. Yeah, I, I, I've been in them like as only as apartments. You know, like I don't I don't know anyone to like ever live in one of them. They're so huge. Yeah, uh, they're they're like Gilded Age mansions. Yeah, I would love to do an episode on uh, some Philadelphia Gilded Age mansions. Uh, they they line. South Broad Street and up around Temple's campus, you can still find a few, and uh, that's where a lot of these 
doctor's offices and funeral homes moved into as the rich families moved out around the same time. It's, no, no, uh, no. Well, but that's not how we get ratings. We we got to stay in one overnight to see if it's haunted. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you are on to something. What's the place next to 7-Eleven? It's like been for sale for a while. I don't remember the name of it. Um, I always joke with my wife uh, that it's the Divine Leanne. That's her name. Because uh, we dream of turning it into a hotel. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I love that sign. place. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive. You can look at, if you look it up. It's um, it's on Broad Street south of Wolf, and uh, you can find it on Zillow. It's always for sale because it's kind of in disrepair, but not enough to tear it down, but enough that you would need a lot of money to turn it into something useful like a funeral home. Somebody buy it for us. Buy for we get our South Philly Museum. I'll be a home for all the Tofani doors. If we were hot and we played video games, somebody would buy that for us. <laughs> That's too bad we're just hot. <laughs> Vincent Gangemi said, quote, The buildings are so big, and that's the main reason we moved to Broad Street. The buildings here are longer, 80, 85 feet deep inside, end quote. So, yeah. worth the space. Many of the parlors on South Broad are two or more row homes converted into one, like Ganjemi's. That's a huge spot. Yeah, it is. I think it's every South Philadelphian's dream to buy the house next door to them and tear down the wall and then have two. And make it, and a, make it a double, yeah. Yeah. And every real estate agent pull. is like, don't do that. Don't do that. It, Fuck that. It is the South Philly dream to buy your neighbor's house and knock the wall down. Yeah. Like like the Beatles house and help. <laughs> 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 They're mid-century I live in the bottom <laughs> like Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> Give it to us again, Jemmy. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're ever going to sell again, Jemmy, hit us up. Let us know first. When you're done with that funeral home, can I get that? <laughs> People are done dying. John Erickson, executive director of the Pennsylvania Funeral Directors Association, says, quote, urban homes have their own challenges. Parking is difficult. Traffic is worse. There are tax issues. Everything is complicated when you're in the city, end quote. <clears throat> Do you think this is, this, is the, this is like the root of all parking in the center of Broad Street? The what do I think is the root? Is this like the core of it? Is this where it all stems from? Everyone that goes to these funerals and the parks in that center of Broad Street, and it's like, uh, well, they're at a funeral, and it's like, well, if they're doing it. Can I do it? I mean, I just I'm just having a shitty day. They're having a shitty day, but I'm like having a shitty day too. I'm just gonna park here too. Honestly, and it man, just like trickles, trickles, trickles north. <laughs> you're, just, you're blowing my mind. That is literally the only yeah. explanation for parking in the center of Broad Street. The first guy That's who did it had to tradition. be like, my sister died yesterday. I yeah, all right. Your sister died. Your sister died. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. And I I'm was just... like, yo, I dropped my pretzel. <laughs> I'm parking here. I can't take this shit. Right. It's a slippery like, slope. Well, that's like a little bit of a stretch, but that's how, you know, it's, it all doesn't happen at once. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. It's small liberties. You heard it here first on Legends of Philadelphia. Mm. Parking, and the parking is a problem, you're right. And that's why um, 
I don't want to give any endorsements or whatever, but I always appreciate it when the funeral or the or the wake was at uh, Pennsylvania uh, funeral home because they have, they a have their own lot, lot next door. They have they their, have own, their lot. own lot. Just walk. <laughs> I'm too bereft. The funeral home mergers and acquisitions consolidations that started out west in 2001 is hitting the east coast now. South Philly, once solidly white, Catholic, and Italian, today is half black, Asian, and Hispanic. Mortuary school enrollment has drastically changed as well. Classes used to be made up of men from funeral home families. Now, women make up 60% and a majority aren't affiliated with funeral home families. Do you, 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 you think like, business is down for all these uh, funeral homes? Like, no, one's doing no but I think there's... I think there's like new ways to mourn, you know, like I've been to a bunch of like different funerals in the last few years where the body was already cremated before, uh, the viewing or before any kind of service. You used to so, be stretched out. It'd be like a wake of this, a thing before the funeral, like a thing at the church. Like it was like, it was now like, I, I feel like in modern times, it's like all one day. Yeah. And they don't like do and that. And COVID anymore. shortened it even further. Can't we Skype this? I didn't even like this person that I have to put on pants for this. I Skyped a few funerals during the lockdown. Did you? Yeah. That's awful. Well, it's it, it's it's absurd, but it, it is what it no, is. No, I mean that's know? awful like that you had to do you had to do that. It's sure, it's crazy yeah. that that's like yeah. I guess I went to a few I yeah. I never did Skype one, but that's uh what a crazy time. Yeah. And uh It definitely changed the tradition of of, of what funerals were, I guess when we were younger. But. Yes. And like you said, like uh, there would be um, a wake the night befu- before, a viewing in the morning before the funeral. Then they would do an open casket at the church for like a half hour before the mass. Then the mass, they close the casket. Then they take the casket in the in the the, the hearse to the cemetery. They do another service at the cemetery, whether it's going in the ground or in the wall. And then after that, you guys go out and you have a little brunch. You gotta go to poppies. Yeah. Then you go to poppies. <laughs> <laughs> or pestos. Everyone or pestos. Eats, everyone it depends eats on plant parmesan at the waterfall room. Yeah, yeah. These are these are beautiful places to uh, to nosh after you've cried all morning. West of Broad Street, there are a handful of African American owned funeral homes, which are actually operated mostly by women. Charlene E. Wilson Daphne, owner and funeral director of Mitchum Wilson Funeral Home at 1410 South 20th Street says, quote, contrary to what many may think, African-American funeral parlors don't deal exclusively in black clients. We serve all ethnic groups and all races, end quote. That, I mean, obviously that makes sense. It's crazy that she had to put it out there, though. I know, right? It's, it is, it is. <laughs> I used to work with somebody in the film industry, um, Shannon, give her a shout out, um, uh, her, she, her, I think her family was owned a funeral home, and she learned her all like her makeup through, uh, through like <laughs> doing makeup there, you know. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I always thought that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> but she's from that world, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, she's African American. Unlike a lot of funeral parlors that began as storefronts, Mitch and Wilson was founded at its present Point Breeze location uh, in 1926 as black and white funeral home. The moniker had nothing to do with race, but a nod to owners George Black and wife Florence White. Earl Mitchum entered the picture sometime in the 60s, 
and Wilson Daphne arrived in 1984. What started as one row home has grown into five. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. Wow. It's like half a block. Yeah, I've never been, but um, I looked up pictures for this. It's very impressive. Death is their business, and business, as always, is very good. The funeral service industry generates $11 billion a year, according to the National Funeral Directors Association, which also lists the average cost of a funeral at seven to $10,000. Cremation is the cheaper way to go at $2,000 to $4,000. That's how I want to go. I want the cheapest way. I, I want a way somehow that I make money. You, you want to make money back on the deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to spend any money. I want to at least break even. I want a zero emission cremation. Can you make that happen? Exactly. Carbon footprint. <laughs> I want to be uh, cremated and blasted into space like uh, like the cast of Star Trek, like all those guys did. Wow. <laughs> That'll cost you, though. Worth it. I'm saving up for it. That's what my, I'm not, I'm not, that's what my retirement 401k is for. You're not it's, retiring. I'm not retiring. All that money is going to my space ashes. And this way, that I'll never see because I'm dead. Well, yeah. Well, when the uh, if they get picked up by aliens somewhere along the line in their millions and billions of years of traversing the galaxy, and they're able to reconstitute me from the DNA, and hopefully they're legends of Philadelphia fans. Oh, no doubt. I will be reviled. Re- re- I will be reviled. I will be reviled as a monster in their civilization. Yeah, that's They'll, true. Uh, no, 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 oh, no, no. You were right the first time. They'll bring me Yo, back. I read today that they're getting. They, they're they're doing like it like Bruce Willis sold an sold an and a, a deep fake uh, rights to hit to his to himself so he can keep acting. Yeah, I, I he he did um a commercial for something, and and uh, like that like like that he it was like in Russia or something know, like, like an that. official deep fake. Yeah, no. He, the other he, thing he's like he's making money sitting at home doing nothing. The other thing they announced was that James Earl Jones is, uh, has, has officially recorded every word in the English language, and uh, Disney's going to start using uh, a computer to do the Darth Vader voice, and he's just going to collect the residuals. Wait, 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 wait. Is that true? Yeah, it's 100% true. I, I, I was, I'm adding you have to, like, to... update them every year, though, when they, like, add words. Yeah, like... yeah, he's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, all right, it's 2023, James. You got to do, uh, uh, like, you got to say bussy now. I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> and he's like, what's that? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just say it. <laughs> Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> That's there's no way there's no way James Earl Jones sat in a studio and he and he said the word sesquicentennial for Disney to use as Darth Vader. There's no way he got to the S's. He said it sesquicentennial. There's no way in the next Star Wars movie. If Darth Vader said sesquicentennial, then then we know then it's true. Johnny Favreau, if you're listening. Um. Yeah, that's true. Cool they are uh, your your image, your sound, your likeness can be sold, and an AI can shit out a version of you that people will clap for mm-hmm. all eternity. And uh, soon they won't need to cast actors to play Elvis in in biopics. Uh, they'll no, just, just uh, be in a movie. Why are you bringing up Elvis? Well, because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and he's a dead celebrity. And uh, someday they'll 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 do the same thing with Legends of Philadelphia. Just like there's so much content now, there'll be so much more content that needs to be recreated. Mm-hmm. 
they'll just program all 150 episodes of Legends of Philadelphia into an AI, and it'll shit this out over and over. How hard could it be? You know, like they're How creating the, a realistic digital image of Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they could. I'm sure they could manufacture 40 minutes of this 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 bullshit. <laughs> Who 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 wants that? There's gonna be like they're gonna be making Star Wars that have dinosaurs and shit on it. Who needs new Legends of Philadelphia episodes? I don't know, man. Who needs all these remakes? Who who needs all these? Uh, who needs the Punky Brewster uh, reboot? It's there. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna be good. It's out. I don't know if it's good, but it's out. The what about, what about the the Parker Lewis can't lose reboot? <laughs> it's for adults now. What about that? It's edgier now. Yeah, it's a it's a murder mystery. They wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last reason there may be so many funeral homes is that a lot of them are illegal. Since 1998, state inspectors have issued citations to 21 Philadelphia funeral homes cited for operating with an expired license. Wow. Yes. One inspector. Wow. They were just like, ah, no one's going to check for this. I mean, it, you're kind of on the honor system because only one inspector is assigned to the Philadelphia region, a territory that also includes four suburban counties. According to Wanda Morin, a spokesperson for the Department of State, there are 349 licensed funeral homes in Pennsylvania. But there might huh. be in the independent ones. There might, there, and they're not grandfathered in. Like, there's like, like when they're like these buildings that are set up for that, like. Nope. It seems that by the time uh, by the time they started setting up in buildings, there were building codes for these kinds of things. For what you could, for, there were zoning rules in these areas by the. Yeah, 1920s. You dumped down the drain or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Taking it out to Hog Island and letting them feast on your grandma's liver. So, if uh, you want to join the long tradition of dead body removal, maybe just start your own funeral home and let L and I try and stop you. <laughs> That's our advice. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna take you in, Zito? Oh, man. If I had to pick mine, I would probably go with Pennsylvania for the convenience. I want people to be able to park. That's kind of you for considering that everybody's coming to, to the funeral. Or, you know, park. I'm do, I want to have it in Trove's living room, actually. I want to go traditional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not getting... Yeah, but I'm, but I'm going <laughs> to take the body wherever I choose. <laughs> I'm buried, I'm buried in a mystery in, in a secret location somewhere in the city. Okay, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. With all the gold. Fair enough, buddy. And then and then the competition begins. <laughs> Don't worry about it, you'll be dead. Okay, that's pretty much all there is to know about the South Philly Dead Zone. Please check out our website, www.southphilly.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-F-E-L-L-I-N-I.com for cool Philly-inspired merch. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at South Fellini everywhere. Follow along and join the conversation. We want to hear from you. Which funeral home would you want to go out in? Look out for new episodes of the podcast every Monday. Stay safe, wash your hands, get boosted, and do not go gentle into that good night.